the Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 161 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and thank you for taking some time out of your week to spend with us. We're on Twitter at JustinHughes365. That's where you can find me. Andrew is at AMCQ82. And our Baseball 365 official podcast is at Baseball365Pod. If you've not listened to our last episode, episode 160, Andrew and I were joined by Chris Winder as we started talking about the Rotomasters Draft and Hold League that we do every year right around this time. And if you go back and listen to that one, if you have not yet, I should say, that is where we talked about around, like everything during the starting rounds, rounds 0 through 23. And in this episode, you're going to hear the back half of that conversation where we talk about the reserve rounds and we assess our teams and t- talk about what we learned about going through this draft. So, yeah, if you haven't listened to the last one, go check it out. If not, if you have already, carry on listening and hope you enjoy. All right, so now we're through the first 23 rounds and we're into the reserve rounds, filling out the rest of our rosters and stuff. Um, Start with kind of the rounds 24 to 30. It's kind of like your your bench in a standard standard mixed league. Either, you know, targets, anybody that you kind of were looking at that you got sniped on. Uh, We'll start with Chris. I know you definitely got me on a couple in here. Cade Horton. Well, I've got in, I've got Cade Horton in every draft, but this one. And, uh, and Jesus Sanchez, I wanted him too. I know I mentioned that to you, but uh, yeah, talk about these rounds here. Yeah. Um, I was going to talk about a couple. I pairing again. I like to pair. I paired Tyler Wells and DL Hall, um, two guys. I'm not quite sure what their roles are going to be, but again, they're they're on a good team, the Orioles, and pairing them also with Grayson Rodriguez, just kind of get a bunch of guys on a similar team that I kind of like. Who doesn't? Who's not? Who doesn't like the Orioles this year? Um, so I kind of like that. Just that pairing idea. Um, Jesus Sanchez. Yeah, you mentioned him there. I, I think he's more. There's more power in there. Um, you know, we talked about roster resource and what it kind of looks like, and he is maybe in a platoon, but I think there might be more than a platoon if he starts hitting and performing really well. Um, going on snipes as well, only with one closer. Um, I really wanted Robert Suarez in the end of the 23rd round. Um, I got sniped a little bit on there. So just trying to figure out filling in my team there. So I was really just looking for at bats. Um, you know, these starters I took just trying to fill in some gaps there that I was missing. Um, but yeah, just guys on good teams with some kind of roles. Horton, was, I knew, and sorry, Andrew, I knew you kind of liked him and I thought it was a good spot for him. Yeah, um, I think there, there's a, there's a possibility he's going to pitch in that rotation. And when you look on those things, you're kind of looking on teams that there's opportunity there. You don't want to take stabs at these rookies and um, these prospects without opportunity to be there. And the Cubs rotation, that back half of the rotation, there's opportunity there. Same thing with Baltimore. They could make a trade, but I think there's an opportunity there for both Wells and Hall. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like Horton could be the Cubs' best starter or second best. I mean, steals at the top, but yeah, I, I don't. Not much would surprise me with him. It's really just a matter of how quickly they they want to bring him up. But I kind of feel like with guys like that, with a ton of talent that are excelling at the high minors, just get them up, you know, especially if they're likely to be one of your top few pitchers, which I think he, I think he kind of fits that. Um, do you think, do you think teams are doing that more? Do you think they're trusted? I think they're, I think I we think always so. talked about that. I think we talked about that. Like why waste bullets in the minor leagues? And I think we're starting to see that. I think teams are realizing this is silly. Like, yeah. you know, I think they're, I still think they're yeah. starting to bring these guys up quicker and definitely from double A. Yep. Yeah, I do. I, I do think that I, I actually think that, a lot of these young guys, not just pitchers, hitters too, in these early drafts, I think that they're kind of good buys because until, I mean, there's some of them that just naturally have helium that are going high in the draft, but there's also some that are going later in drafts that are kind of getting slept on a little bit. I feel like we're going to get to February and March and it's going to be like, this guy's going to make the team. This guy's going to make the team. This guy's going to make the team. And they're those guys are going to shoot way up and we're going to, we're going to look back on these drafts and be like, Oh my God, we stole that guy. Oh my God, we stole that guy. I feel like teams are getting smarter. They're playing their best players more. Um, it's not every single situation and we'll, we'll always be like making jokes and laughing at the ones that don't. But yeah, I do think that there's something to that, especially lately, like last year or two. So Justin, you got anything from these rounds? what you, what you were kind of thinking and, um, yeah, just strategies. Well, let's see. I wanted to get some multi-position eligibility guys. I got Chris Taylor and Zach McKinstry. That pretty much covers a lot of the infield and yeah. it, both being Absolutely. outfielders. I wanted to get a few of those guys so I could really take a lot of pitchers because I didn't feel great. I like I didn't love my pitching to begin with. So, yeah, I did that. Um, I, we talked about Fetty last week. I'm in on him coming back to the States and taking him as a reserve round pick as long as he stays down there in the reserve rounds. Um, I like Joey Manises too. Uh, he has only utility eligi- U- UT eligibility right now, but he had, he had a knee injury and didn't play the field much. Dominic, Dominic Smith was their first baseman, but they let they did not, like, he's gone. So... Manis is hopefully hopefully getting that fixed. I liked I like him as a reserve round discounted first base option, but I think I'll I I've told you this, Andrew. I had a huge blunder in this draft where I took Manisis in my head, kind of marked him off as a first baseman, and even though I was talking about all these multi position guys, I did not draft a second first baseman on my team that has first base eligibility until the forty fourth round. Because in my head, I looked at Joey Manises as my backup first baseman. But I was still planning on taking another. And then I never did. So that was a big blunder on my end. Where if Manises does not get that first base eligibility, I'm I'm going to be in some trouble with that. So that was a big blunder on my end too that I just completely missed. Did you see how many games he had at first base? I, wanna, I did look at one point. Was it nine? It was close. It was 19. Oh, 19. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cr- absolutely crazy. He needed one more game. 
I guess the Nets uh, coaching staff wasn't looking out for us fantasy owners. Nope. Uh, Question for you guys. This is kind of off the cuff. I don't have it in the notes. Jason, two guys drafted in in this range, rounds 24 to 30. Jason Dominguez drafted in round 27. And Wander Franco was drafted in round 30. Where, roughly, would you draft those two? Do you think they went too high, about right, too low? Chris, you first. Yeah, yeah, I'll take Dominguez. Not there. I would probably drop him up, you know, five to ten rounds. Because it's similar to, like, Harper, I guess, with Tommy John. I don't know if he's doing the brace as well. Um, But I think he'll be back, you know. I don't know what the timeline is. He's just someone that wasn't really on my radar. But I think he could be back early. And the center field position in the Yankee Stadium right now doesn't judge their center fielder right now. So I think they kind of want him, and they can kick Stanton to the curb. Um, But I just think – I don't mind Jason. Um, On the other hand, Wander – 30, um, that needs to be at least a four in the front, if not the last round, if you're going to take that stab. I think it was a little early. Um, yeah, I just, I don't, too much uncertainty there. I don't think it was necessary in round 30. I think, and definitely put a four in front of that, and you'd be a lot better off. What do you think, Justin? Well, let me turn around and ask it this way, actually, because in the 45th round, uh, I'll, actually, I'll circle back on that. Yeah, I, I agree on Wanda Franco. Um, I I don't know if I would draft him, period. And, yeah, so no on that one. And Dominguez, I'm with you. I think mid-30s is probably where I would start considering him. Dominguez, just to give you a little information compared to Harper, Harper had the surgery in November last year, and Dominguez did have it in September. That said, uh, Harper didn't play the field for a couple months. And Dominguez, if, like... uh, Dominguez, I don't think is going to come up and just be their DH with that roster. I, I don't. I think they're going to keep him in the minors until he's ready to play the field. And for that reason, I mean, I'm playing a hunch here, but they've got a lot of players on that team, and I just don't think that they're going to put, bring him up just to have him DH. So that's why I would push him down further. Yeah, you make a good point, Justin. Like the why push Jason, let him get healthy, let him get right, and maybe he's more of a twenty twenty five play. Yep. Maybe he comes up in September if he's ready. And yes. Yeah, it's not worth it. Harper, they're competing. You know, yeah, it's it's totally different situations between him and Harper. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you guys actually on pretty much all that. I I think Dominguez is worth drafting, but later than he went, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna play until like mid season. Yep. Or later. Yep. So I feel like you're just sacrificing a half year and then at least, and then you see on the rest. But yeah, like you said, I mean, it's probably not super likely he's their DH at least all the time. So be interested to see how that happens. And yet, Wander, I don't think I would draft Wander in the 50th round, honestly. I'm like that confident that he's not going to play. And if he does, then I just miss the boat, I guess. But yeah, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't. So I'm just curious your guys your guys' thoughts on those guys because they're obviously super talented players more more talented than most of the uh, most of the names in this range. But any anything else you guys got from these rounds, or you want to move on? Move on. Well, that's all I say. Unless you got something, Chris. No, I don't. Okay. So yeah, we can go to rounds 31 through 40. Um, 
obviously these are kind of your your rounds for like after what a normal draft typical draft would be with fab where you're drafting 30 rounds um so some of these guys in a lot of leagues won't even be drafted but there's a lot of guys in these ranges that pay off a lot in draft and holds every year so um kind of talk about some of your targets in here who you hit on maybe one or two you got sniped on if there are any uh we will start with we'll start with chris yeah so this round usually this round these rounds for me usually is really pitcher heavy and this was the case here um seven of my 10 picks were pitchers it's just something i always kind of do i kind of get my hitting early and just kind of hammer pitching something i've done in the past and i was really um, i only had that one closer early with uh, edwin diaz so something I kind of I wanted bullpen help guys that could get get some saves. Um, usually, what happens you find guys on not very good teams um, that might be still available, and I think about them as kind of ambiguous, uncertain, uncertain uh, bullpens as well. Um, I kind of think of it kind of like in fantasy football with these backfields that just you don't really know who maybe the starter is. So like uh, the two guys I drafted kind of like that were Gregory Santos for the White Sox and uh, Tyler Kinley for the Rockies. Both can fall into saves. They had the, they had some opportunities last year. Are they good? Probably not, but the opportunities could come from them. And then another strategy I was looking like I mentioned earlier, just kind of pairing people. Um, so I took um, took a couple Padres with Robbie Snelling and Randy Vasquez, just kind of pairing them. One of them could fall in the role. Um, maybe you get a starter out of them, combining of the two. Um, and then I took Mizorowski, knowing I was thinking about taking Carlos Rodriguez later and probably pushed him up a guy i kind of like is actually uh, jeff hoffman for the phillies he pitched really well for them down the stretch you know the converter um converted he was a high prospect and now he's converted the bullpen and he pitched well and i think he can fall into saves in the phillies i don't see them kind of spending money they might roll with alvarado i like sir anthony in that bullpen as well um uh, kimbrell signs i think that that kaufman can fall into some saves if i can get you know, thir- uh, maybe like 30 saves out of those guys, Santos, Kinley, and Hoffman. I'll be really happy with that. Yeah, that's that's actually a good point. I've been thinking a lot about the Phillies' closer lately because after, obviously, Kimbrell gone and it's like Alvarado's kind of being drafted as that guy. Not, I, I think he'll get some saves. I'm not sure if I feel like he's going to be a, you know, all the saves type of guy, so... Yeah, there could be an opening for somebody else and if they don't go after anybody, which I'm not sure they will. But uh, how about you, Justin, on these rounds 31 through 40? Max Meyer right at the top. I like that one. Look, for start, I'll get to that in a second. You know what I enjoy? Like Chris was just saying, 7 out of the 10 uh, in the 30s, he took pitchers. I took 7 out of 10 in the 30s on pitchers. And, Andrew, you took 8 out of 10 pitchers. So, of the three of yeah. us combined, we took 22 pitchers out of the 30 spots. Yeah, Meyer had Tommy John 2022. Should be ready to roll in spring. The Marlins do have a full rotation currently, which is why he's getting – I'd imagine he's getting pushed down, kind of like you were saying about Taj Bradley. But I wouldn't surprise me if he starts the year in AAA, but he only threw six major league innings before he had Tommy John. So he was just barely up and then he was gone. But there's obviously some real upside in that guy as the year goes on. Um, We've talked about Matt Shaw. Love him as a reserve round hitter. 
Joe Adele in the 35th round. I, I, I really enjoyed my picks in the in like 31 through 40. I felt I really enjoyed the upside. Like Adele, that team's going to be awful this year, and I can't guarantee he's going to start the year in the major leagues. I'm, I, the Angels are have no self-awareness whatsoever, so I fully expect them to be in AAA while they're trying to compete to win the division in you know the first two weeks of the season. And then as that comes crashing down, um, he'll probably be up at some point in the summer. So, yeah, I I kind of like the idea of taking him. I mean, he's still got a ton of swing and miss, and it may not work, but I don't know. I think he, he might – this might be the year he gets his, his most – like his biggest shot. Um, David Festa, Takoa Roby, pitchers that, you know, I think could hit too. And, yeah, I, I, I had – I really like looking up and down. This was my favorite run in terms of don't like, they don't they kind of just have to see what they have with Adele at this yes. point like it's just time right I mean even even if it's nothing they're scared which, to play him they're scared to trade him they're just scared of him yeah yeah it's it's reminds me a little bit of um Michael Bush with the Dodgers the only difference is the Dodgers are really good so they have more of an excuse to not play him but man Adele just they need to just let him play. And if he's terrible, he's terrible. He, there's probably a decent chance he is, but yep. you just got to let him, let him do it. I mean, see what you have. So, well, they're trying to win the division right now, so they don't have time to mess around with that. Yeah. 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 One comment I wanted to make about these rounds. Um, I do feel like when you get into round 31, maybe even like 35 and beyond, and you get into those late, late picks, especially like 40 to the end. I personally, if I had it my way in basically every draft, all these picks would be pitchers. Like the hit rate on pitchers late is so much better than the hit rate on hitters. It's just, I mean, you're pretty much drafting hitters at the end just to give you an extra guy at that position. But my God, I there's going to be I bet you you can look back on this draft at the end and you'll find way more good picks that were uh, pitchers in this ranges than than hitters. Do you guys have a, a similar feeling or do you disagree or what do you what do you think? I mean, you, how do you feel about that? Most Either of, one of you. Most of my hitters I took after round thirty five or so, I feel like are ones that. They might not get hardly any at bats, but they could. Like I feel like if they hit, like if they get the playing time, I think that they have upside. Um, like Joe Adele has possibility. I took Brooks Lee in round forty, and I mean we're talking moving on into the forties. Connor Norby. I took Dylan Cruz in round forty-five, and I'm like, man, if any of these guys get up and get some playing time, I think they could be pretty valuable. But they also could be a handful of zeros. Yeah, yeah I agree you, with you. That's that's I agree with you 100. That's usually my strategy in these things. The hitters that people usually take, if they're taking a prospect, you really don't know. Um, you're trying to taking a stab at like a guy in Double A and hoping that he gets the call. Um, so yeah, from picks 33 to 50, I took um, four bats, um, five bats. One was a catcher, so four hitters out of all those picks. So yeah, I'm just loading up on arms because I just think they can hit and. More opportunity shows up on those. Those hitters, you kind of don't know, especially this early. 
Um, I just don't the opportunity. Those those higher end prospects are usually gone by now, and you really don't know who's gonna were opportunities gonna kind of show up at. Yeah, yeah, it's and you need so many pitchers anyways. Typically over the course of a year, I just I feel like you can really hit on uh, on some of these later later arms, especially. And there there will be a the few ba- bats that hit, but it's uh, it's yeah, tough because ba- sometimes the bats can just be ugly. Yeah, the bats I look at are kind of on garbage teams. Like I took Abraham Toro, who I kind of like, yet you know, but he plays for the A's, and I took Hernandez from the A's as well, and just two guys that are on the A's, and they can get playing time. If I have an injury at shortstop or third base, they can fill in. You know, they're not going to give me great stats, but at least they can give me something. And both have had prospect pedigree in the past, or do right now with Hernandez. And then the other, I'm looking around like prospects. People are they're just firing darts, like or um. Aurelius Martinez and Drew Gilbert. It just Jackson Merrill. Like, how is I just don't how are those guys like how is Jackson Merrill gonna be in the big leagues this year with Xander there? I just don't see I don't see it. Like I'm looking for guys. I was looking at the Padres and I was looking at guys like Graham Pauly. Like, how is he gonna he's not gonna get a spot? So give me a guy with opportunities in the Padres like Jacob Marcy. Like he can even Preller said he can play. You gotta find if you're gonna take those shots with prospects, make sure there's opportunity kind of in front of them. Yeah, that's yeah. good advice. I think some of it, some of them will come down to the player in front of them getting hurt, mm-hmm. which obviously we have no clue. But um, yeah, there will be plenty of guys drafted in this range that just never even uh, never even sniff the majors. So um, we can kind of lump all this together because I know the next section was kind of 41 through 50, but I know we. Kind of went through that a little bit. Was there anybody that you missed on here that you targeted late or got sniped on or any any other picks you guys wanted to highlight from other teams? Are we talking after the, around 40 now? Yeah, or? just yeah, just all the way down to the bottom. I, I actually did something that I, I, I like. I paired Darius Vines and Alan Winans. In other words, collecting Atlanta arms just because that's an organization that I've, like, I like having arms from, and if you know guys are going to get hurt, go grab their what I don't know if they're six, seven starters or they're seven, eight starters. But as injuries happen, if one of those guys can work into some innings in that organization, I I like the idea of pairing those two guys in the 40s and getting them late. Um, Dylan Cruz, we talked about him on the NL East Division episode, and we mentioned not liking his ADP price. And then I saw him in the 46th round, and I kind of felt okay taking the chance on that, even if it's a wasted pick, because if we're wrong and he's up, that could be some like incredible value there. So, and that was actually what I was going to say when we were talking about Wander Franco. I was sitting there, I like, I took Dylan Cruz in the 46th round, and I'd rather have Dylan Cruz than Wander Franco personally. I don't know if you guys yeah. agree or disagree on that, but that's my I take. I agree. And then my. I didn't plan this, but I didn't take my second catcher until, or my third catcher until around 49 when I took Omar Narvaez, Alvarez's backup. And then I just went on and took Tom Murphy in round 50 because I think he'll probably be getting the bats. But I don't know. I've never waited that long to take a third catcher. And I just kept watching Omar Narvaez sitting out there, and I was like, well, I've got Alvarez, so I'll just keep waiting yeah. on him. I actually liked that you did that. I was thinking about doing the same exact thing. We were like in lockstep on catchers, but you were I thinking went a little of doing early. what? The last two picks. Really? Just like you did. 
Yeah, I was thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> I wound up going a little a little earlier, but I kind of was. Um, I was noticing you only had two, and I'm like, he'll probably just use his last two. On. <laughs> so yeah, that was funny. I kind of saw that coming, but yeah, I I thought it was good. I mean, the I kind of always look at it like the gaps when you get to a certain point in a draft, and I always have felt this way with catchers. And with relief pitchers, whether we want to admit it or not, they're pretty much all the same. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you can, you can pick out your favorites and try to differentiate and, you know, all of that stuff. And I'm not saying that some won't emerge and some will, some won't, you know, but in a draft room, when you're like splitting hairs between catcher threes and bullpen pitchers that may or may not get saves and they only pitch 50 whatever innings anyways, the margins between those players are so thin that I feel like I'm always just pushing them down and down and down as far as I can possibly do it while still constructing like a roster with the number of guys that I want in each spot. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. I mean, is it, you know, just the gaps there? I feel like they're just so thin. Yeah. I, as I was just working, like this was not the plan to do that going in. I I thought I was going to take Armar Narvaez in the late thirties. And then I, I just looked at all the catchers that were there. I'm like, do I really see a big difference between Narvaez and all these other guys? I'm like, yeah, not really. So I just kept letting it slide. And by the time we were in the mid forties, I'm like, I think I'm just going to take last pick, maybe last two picks for catchers. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I really feel it with relievers too. Like you could go up to the early thirties, probably or mid thirties with some of these relievers and then just go down to round 50. And I could just be like, what's the difference between those two guys? You know, it's just not, it's just not a big difference. Chris, any opinion on that or. Yeah, I agree with you. Like I knew my, you mentioned the 50th round pick. I took, I, I'm going to butcher his first name. Eniel De Los Santos. He pitched well for Cleveland. And now he's on the Padres. Like they gave money to Robert Suarez. He dealt with some injuries last year, as well as he got suspended for some sticky substance thing. Like that guy can fall into some saves like Holderman um, in the 49, 49.14. He went, that guy can fall into some saves. And what's the difference between guys going in the, you know, 38 round? There's nothing, you know, much different there. Like you right. took Nick Anderson, who I like, but those you can, he's the same situation as kind of like Dela Santos. You know, it's, you never know what is, who's going to fall yeah. into saves. And then and then catchers, it's kind of a good, it's in the same idea. Like, um, I like what Lucas did. He took Higashi, Gashio and Carantini. Yeah. And those guys are going to get at least at bats. And he didn't really, he doesn't have a C2. He took Gary Sanchez as a C2 with Danny Jansen as a C1 kind of waiting. And I like that pairing there because at least he's going to get one of those guys and get um, some playing time there. And yeah, you just kind of just wait unless you, yeah, it's really not worth it. Yeah. I almost was just thinking, I was just thinking maybe just going two, but then I found, I took Trevino in 45 12. He just kind of looked like a guy that can get opportunity there. And he was hurt last year on a good team. Yeah. With the, with the relievers, I just, I really like going early and late. Like I don't really like messing with the guys that you think are going to get saved or they're the ones that are being drafted, like they're going to get saves and you can't 
really, really feel comfortable with it. And, I mean, we've already seen it since we did this draft. Cano for Baltimore. Obviously, he's likely to be overtaken by Kimbrell. There's rumors of the Dodgers going after Hayter. Whether they do or not, we'll see. But Evan Phillips went in round nine. And even guys Al-Zale, like Alzale, Alzale, yeah, even cuts. guys they like Alzale and Tanner Scott, and I mean, I feel like they're good pitchers, and they'll be close to saves. And I'm not saying they won't be the closer, and they don't have that. I think Tanner Scott specifically has pretty high upside. He had he was great at the end of the season, but it also wouldn't shock me if he just wasn't the closer, and like that's a round nine pick, you know. So, yeah, I just kind of really try to steer clear of spending draft capital on on some of those guys. And then, you know, then you just you get to a point late where it's like, okay, these guys are all the same. Let's just take our flyers. I think we all kind of have those guys. But, yeah, uh, interesting stuff for sure. Um well, that pretty much, I mean, we kind of went through most of it there. How do you guys feel? I know Justin's kind of <laughs> said how he feels. But how do you feel that you, uh, how do you feel you executed your plan? Like going in and then, you know, you get through the draft. How do you feel about your team? Stuff like that. Start with Chris. Yeah, I thought it went pretty well looking back on it as well right now. I just felt like, okay, I did kind of execute what I was thinking targeting pictures on good teams and whatnot. Um, I know you mentioned you like having four players at each position. I, I was trying to get there. I just quite didn't get there. So I'm a little worried if I'm going to fall into like a, a fourth, second baseman or a fourth, third you, baseman. What are you short at? Which position? All I'm pretty much right in the field. I ended up with like oh, all the outfielders. Yeah, I, and, oh, but okay. I do think some guys are going to get like uh, my 49th pick. I found your first baseman for the Nationals, uh, Justin. It's Juan Yepes. He um, he got signed in a minor league deal, and someone mentioned on a podcast he can fall into uh, playing time there. So there, I'm hoping he might qualify at first base. I'm not really worried. You know, you got Freeman there, but it's just something that I'm kind of I was trying to focus on. It'd be hold up, hold up, hold up. Like, It'd be really weird yeah. if the Cardinals let some pl- no name player go and they went somewhere else with a kind of name. <laughs> that 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 doesn't be, happen with us. Batted 280 with like 22 home runs. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You could get some. Uh, you could get some eligibility out of Morel potential. That's what I'm thinking. I put first base with question mark next to yeah. him. It's, it can happen. I have 12. I have, and I like I mentioned earlier. And draft, Vient- Vientos maybe too. Yeah, Austin. Vientos. Now with uh, with uh, Mauricio getting hurt, he could maybe slide over. I don't know. Who knows? I'm not really too yeah. worried. The first base isn't. It's more sec. I'm not. It's fine. It is. It's. It's just something I was thinking about in the draft. Um. So it just, I really wanted a bunch of outfielders because I struggled last year. I, for some reason, I was going into some dropping holes thinking like only eight or nine, but I definitely want double digits outfielders. But um, yeah, overall, I felt pretty good. Um, I like just a good mix of like some floor and upside. Um, when I left the draft, I was really worried about my pitching staff, but reviewing it again, I think I can, I was really, really worried about um, saves, but I think I can find, like I mentioned, getting, Hopefully, getting thirty to forty out of Santos, Kenley, and Hoffman. You never know. Um, I think those guys can give me some saves there. Just, just making sure you play them at the right opportunities. Um, so it's really going to come down to my pitching staff because it's kind of it's a mix of injured guys that were coming back from injury and whatnot. But yeah, overall, 
I'm, I'm pretty satisfied. Yeah, Kinley got me a few saves at the end in my main. I I always remember those because I was like just I grabbed him for nothing, you know. And I I actually feel like he could get get some saves this year. I mean, I don't think he's very good, but like saves are saves, you know. And it's late, so yeah, I totally get that pick. What do you think, Justin? But I know you've said you hated your team, but tell us a little more. I don't know if more. I said I hated it, but <laughs> I I don't love it. I'll definitely have a different. Like I had a different strategy going into my second draft. I'm in the Ricky Ye, beat Ricky E challenge, and I went pocket aces with the first two rounds, and you know waited a round or two on closures compared to before, and I like that team a lot better. Um, batting average is going to be a struggle with this team. Um, pitching. I waited a lot on pitching and I'm going to need to hit on some guys like Pablo. Um, I'm sorry. Paul Skeens really needs to hit on this team. I think, um, you know, I took Fetty Max Meyer, got a few of the pitchers like late. I, I, I feel like I'm going to need to need to hit on a couple guys that to, to feel real good about my team on that end. So, but those are the categories. Like I do feel pretty strong in the, power speed runs rbi categories i feel like i've i'm gonna be all right on those it's it's the starting pitching needing to hit on something and the batting average that which you know batting average can fluctuate i I mean you and i talked about that andrew you know a couple good lucks or a couple players hit have good luck on the batted ball and all of a sudden that that one can swing yeah yeah definitely uh, what position, Andrew, you've done a few drafts now. What position do you find? Like, I'm looking at my team, and second base is I want Estrada. I'm just thinking second base is kind of a position. I want to make sure I get a guy, one of the guys. Like, a, a, I want to kind of really focus on that position, yeah. I think. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same about shortstop as I have for the last few years. It's like everybody will tell you shortstop is deep. Yeah, but it doesn't. It's, but it does. It well, it is. But it, it is. Doesn't, but it's it, they go early. Yeah. You, they go early. Yeah, you can't just sit back and be like, "Oh, I'm just not. I, I can wait on shortstop. It's so deep because then all of a sudden you look up and it's like the top guy in your queue is Tommy Edmond. You know, I mean, it's yep. just it, they'll go quick. So I definitely would be aware of that. Um, don't be. I'm not afraid to take a shortstop early or anything. Um, I was telling Justin yesterday or the day before I do feel differently about first base this year than I have the in previous seasons. And it's mostly because I don't love the mid to later options as much as I have in the past. I don't feel like, like there's guys that I like, but I also don't really see a world like at the very top you've got you've got Freeman, Harper, Olson, Alonzo, Vlad, um Bro Bellinger in there. Although I don't know, is Bellinger first base on I have first base or... outfield right. I have first base outfield written yeah. down on my show. On my, both. My own, yeah, 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 yeah. He is. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Bellinger, Goldie. Uh that's kind of around where I cut it off. And like as much as I love Tristan Cassis and I do love him and there's guys later that I think are intriguing and I like them. 
but I don't really see those guys like just going all the way to the top and pass it. Like there's so there's such a difference in those tiers to me, you know. I mean, Paul Goldschmidt was the MVP the year before last. You know what I mean? And like some of these guys are still as much as we may like Cassis or Torkelson or Vinny or Hoskins on a bounce back, any of these guys, it's like, are they really going to get to that level? I don't really see it. So I think I'm more willing to take first base early than I have been what, in the past. But what I, if you I miss, don't miss, what if you miss one though, Andrew, you're going to just like wait and take like a Rizzo is, and then what are you going to do? I would probably have take, like two third basements. I would probably try to get two. Yes, yeah, if I'm, actually, two. if I'm waiting yeah. past that point, yeah. I'm in my second draft right now, and I ended up getting um, two third basemen. Who did I get? I know Arenado was one, and Machado. I just thought that I got them at good values where I got them, to, so I took them both. And I haven't taken a first baseman yet. I think we're in round 15. And I mean, the, I see. I'm like, I'm looking at it as a corner, and just like thinking, I, I'm okay waiting, and I'll just take like. I don't. I don't know if it'll be a Brandon Drury or something like that, but I'm okay with it because I've, I've, you know, I've grabbed two good third basemen. Yeah, yeah. Sec- second base is. I don't know. It's a little tricky. I do think that the top few are really strong, but then there's some guys that I just want no part of, like the guys just that just don't have much power. Um, Horner's one that sticks out to me a lot. I just don't. I don't really have any interest in, but at least in, at least where he's going, you know, um, I like Gorman as a fallback at second. Um, yeah, just, just some thoughts there. I mean, the third base is, I feel like third base is a little deeper. It still kind of shocks me to see Machado going in like round five, six. Yeah, it was Machado, but Machado, I was looking at Machado. I think that, I was a little concerned with injury, but it sounds like he might be okay for opening day. So oh, I yeah. just want more news on him. Yeah. Yeah. I've never yeah. questioned that in terms of like, yeah. I think, wasn't it bone spurs or something with his elbow? I don't yeah. Know. It's something big. Yeah. I don't remember a hundred percent. Whatever it was, I, I never was worried about it. Maybe I was overly optimistic, but yeah. 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 It's definitely interesting going through and just thinking about, targets and man i feel i feel like there's so many outfielders too like that's what i was about to say outfield isn't as scary as people making it sound to be i know you need five of them but i'm not as scared as i thought i would be going in because i kind of like my guys but the the way that i the thing is is i don't want i don't mind kind of how i like to build my outfield at least as of now is i like having two or three guys that I feel really good about. I don't want to wait too long and have all, because the thing is, is you got to fill five slots plus you have a UT. So it's like, if you have a messy outfield, you could just have a messy team because there's five spots that you have to, you have to fill obviously. So I kind of like having two or three that I know I'm like, I can count on these guys or I feel good about them. And then my fourth, fifth, sixth seventh i can maybe like rotate those guys maybe i take an upside shot maybe i take a safe guy and kind of you know mix that together however however it may be but there's definitely outfielders all the way down like there's a lot of intriguing 
outfielders, even way into the reserve rounds and stuff. You just, yeah, we all have your guy. We all have our guys and stuff, but yeah, it's yeah. power. Power is my concern. Power is something I got to, I really, cause I think I'm mine on power still. I think power is something that people are kind of forgetting about. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I was running my steamer projections off this team and I just ended up with like 288 home runs and I want to be over 300. Um, I ended up with a lot more stolen bases without taking a guy that I felt comfortable at stolen bases too. So it's kind of funny. Like, even though I didn't really have like, you know, I just have a lot of like 15 to 20 guys, but power, I ended up, I ended up a little lighter than I wanted to be at. So it's just something I got, I think people want to focus on. Um, I did end up close to 300 for home runs after the fact, but yeah, I think power is something people are kind of forgetting because people want to make sure to get speed because you, you think you need a lot of it, but I think you find stolen bases with the new rules and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I also don't, I've said this before, but I also don't feel like in a standalone league that you need as many steals. Like if there's any format that you can punt steals, I think this is it. I'm not saying I would punt them completely, but when you're playing in an overall, you really need those steals to like get you to the top of the overall. And in, a standalone league, you just need to be like mid pack. If you're dominating everything else, you know, it's, it doesn't matter too much. So I always kind of think about that. Did you guys have a favorite pick in the draft? Doesn't have to be from your team. Like any, anybody that stood out that you thought was a really good pick. Well, Ronald Acuna at one. Yeah. (laughs) That's nice. I think the one, one is a good value. uh, You should go higher. It's a great pick to have. I just, I, Looking at it, it's just hard to tell. I think Lucas got some value with the Yandy D as a 13-1. I think that's kind Definitely. of luck. We, I think people forgot about him. Another guy. Um, you guys meant, yeah, and you guys mentioned catchers and rounds to 11 through 12, or 10 through 12. You already touched upon that a lot. I think that's an area to focus on. Make sure you get at least one from that group. But, yeah, there's no one really jumping out at me. Um, yeah, I get that 1-1. One, one. If not, if I don't get the 1-1, one, one, or that one, you know, four or five. I put me on the back. I think this year, at least for now. I am. Yeah. I I tell you, and we'll go to Justin. But I am putting one first in my KDS until I get it. And if I go through this whole <laughs> offseason without another Robert Acuna share, because I I went all last season, I didn't have Robert Acuna on any teams. And this year, I've done. I'm in my fourth draft. I've had it at the top in all of them, and I haven't got it yet. I'm gonna do it every single draft. Any any picks stand out to you, Justin? Like that were you thought were awesome picks or um, of my own that I haven't mentioned all. I did like the you know Chris brought him up Eugenio Suarez. We've discussed him. I really like his price. As for other teams, you Andrew, you taking Langford. I was wishing I had done it as soon as I saw you took him. Uh, Josh Coleman took Henry Davis in round twenty. I had my eye on taking him. I liked him before the Indy injury, so obviously it's a little more obvious now. For an outfielder, he's fine, but it sounded like he was going to be getting some games behind the plate, regardless. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's an interesting one for sure. Unfortunately, I thought about that. Unfortunately, Josh took both Davis and Indy back to back there, so that sucks for him on the Indy end. But he's going to have a. I mean, that's going to be a great pick with Henry. Um, Chris, I do love you getting Freddie Freeman at twelve. That was something I wrote down. We already discussed that. Um, I think he's a top ten player. I also really liked you getting O'Neill Cruz in the sixth as I put four rounds after Ellie De La Cruz. Cool. Um, 
What was your least favorite pick that you made? Start uh, with Justin. Uh, taking Doval in the fourth. I just wish I had waited a round or two to grab closures. That that was that was the one that really jumped out to me. How about you, Chris? Yeah, you made me feel a little better with Kate Horton, but I just felt like I needed maybe more stable arm there. Um, so it's just something I thought maybe I jumped the gun because like prospect arms, he might have been like the first really like I guess besides Skeens, um, who are more confident getting um getting innings. I just wasn't really comfortable with the amount of innings he pitched last year to actually get get a spot in their rotation or pitch maybe a hundred major league innings. I'm not don't think you'll get there. Yeah. Gotcha. And favorite team that isn't your own in this draft? Do you have one or anybody's that stood out? Well, isn't it always Lucas? <laughs> I, that, that is exactly what I put in the notes. I said, I think I remember us all agreeing on Lucas two years ago. And when I looked up and down, I was like, Lucas' team stands out. Now, being able to get well, Acuna is... yeah. Well, it could be house, but I like what he did with Alonzo and Lindor back yep. to back on that turn there. I think just hammered pitching. Um, obviously, now at pick nine with Max Scherzer is going to hurt a lot for him. But like he went for Amor Valdez, Joe Ryan, and then Scherzer, Montgomery. Um, he also got two closers, the Bednar and Seawald. And then he just fills in with guys that Lucas's guys, consistent playing time guys, they're going to get stats throughout. Um, yeah, that's why Lucas is the champ. He knows, not in this league, that's Ricky, but. Lucas is the champ everywhere else. So he just, he knows he has an idea and he, he sticks to it. Yeah. I really liked a lot of, and I'm not sure on the whole, like how the team comes together. Like just cause I, I haven't looked at the roster all the way down, but I felt like Gabe and Mike were sniping me every round of this draft. Almost. It was just the guys that were in my queue when it went to them, boom, boom, two two guys out the top of my queue it was just it was a lot it happened a lot so i'd have to look at I lo- the roster individually at but but i definitely yeah, liked I lo- a lot of the, a lot of their picks yeah, yeah i looked at them it's just the pitching is my concern for them like school bueller gavin williams shane boss brian Wu. Ooh, love it that's you like it it's just oh I don't yeah know. it's just yeah i yeah i guess it could work out i just worry yeah, but those guys can. Yeah, those guys can. Pitch I like. For sure. uh, I like Munoz yeah. a lot too. I feel like. Yeah. I feel like Munoz is the one closer that see, he he went a little higher in this draft. Yes. But I think it's worth it. Like I, I think he's the one closer that goes a little bit behind those top guys that could be one of the top guys. Like it wouldn't surprise me at all if he was like the number one closer. You know, so I definitely like him. But cool. I think uh, – got any questions for me about mine? I don't know. We don't have to no, get too I, deep into that. Was, was, that your fifth, was that your fifth draft, Andrew? Yeah, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is my – this is my third, actually. Okay. Yeah. I'm in, in one now. thought I was going to no, be we, on the clock by the time I got in. Yeah, I, we do a lot of the same stuff, Andrew, and I, I like your pairing. Like, just pairing Dunning and Haney. I thought that was awesome. And then taking your shots at closers with Kirkering, Nick Anderson, um, Gallegos. I looked at Gallegos. I don't know why I didn't pull the trigger. I'm like, well, it's Helsley, but Gallegos was the guy before. I thought that was a great value there. Just finding saves. And you you got Kimbrell where you got him. Now he's the closer. I know you look for guys that you know if they're going to – if they, you know you're going to get a job 
Kimbrel, we all knew he was going to get a job, and if he gets the job, he's going to close. So he should be he should be going up no matter what. Now he's going to go up a lot because he's with Baltimore. But it's always something you kind of you find those value picks. Yeah, there. it's it's funny because I I I know like I totally get it with Kimbrel. He scares me like on a day to day basis. I totally get it, but he he's like maybe my favorite pick that I made in this draft. Like I just yeah, it even, was just, even even before he signed with Baltimore, he was a free agent at the time. Like even if he signed with whoever, you knew he was going to close. Yeah, it's just you know you you just know you're getting saves. Um, unless it just goes completely sideways, which there's probably a chance that it does. But, um, yeah, round 18, I mean, you're not getting him there anymore. So Nope. Yeah, I definitely like that. All right. I think, uh, I think that pretty much does it, unless you guys have anything else. I think we covered as much as we could. I mean, we could probably go like six hours on this and <laughs> cover all the other picks, but there's, just, there's so much. You know, obviously – Love to highlight other teams too, and I feel like I feel like everybody did a pretty good job. Like nothing stood out to me too much. Like this one team isn't doing well. Little things here and there, but not much. I thought everybody did pretty good, and yeah, it was a good draft. Thanks for setting it up, Chris. Always, yeah, yes, appreciate thank, that. Th- yeah, thank you guys for having me on, and thank you for jumping in. I, and that's my recommendation, everyone. Like you need to get in the draft and hold. Like earlier, the better, because it gets you it gets you an idea where to prep. Um, yes. I kind of like space mine out, do one like in November, this one, then I'll do one in like January, and then like later January. I want to be done with my draft and holes before I start prepping for redraft leagues, just to get an yeah. idea of where to find these values where I like corner. You need to get in a draft and hold, even if you you know just ten bucks, get fifteen guys together and get these things going because it's it's worth your time and it's better it's better research. Than anything else you're gonna do in the off season. Yeah, absolutely. I I tell you, my first draft of the off season, it's so much fun. There's no data, and it's literally like wild, wild west. You're just drafting the guys aren't even ranked in order. It's crazy, you know. And I don't know where the position drop offs are. It's just kind of firing from the hip, you know, all over the place. But the repetitions of doing that and doing another one and doing another one. It helps so much. I tell you, when I get to my main event drafts or the very last draft right before the season, you could literally say to me, round 14, and I'll tell you exactly who I'm taking before the draft starts, or at least within a few guys. I mean, obviously, I could get sniped or miss somebody, but I kind of have an idea all the way down by the time I'm done. Like this round, this, this round, this, this is where I'm going to take this, you know, stuff like that. So the repetitions help a ton. I recommend it, even if you don't have to spend a lot for the leaks. I mean, it's uh, definitely helpful if you're if you're drafting even just a few teams, but especially if you're drafting a lot. Silence. Nobody says anything. <laughs> Good stuff, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that uh, pretty much pretty much wraps it up. We'll uh, take it over to Justin and close us out. Yeah, well, thank you again, Chris. Um, next week we're gonna be, or I'm gonna be back, and I'm gonna interview a few more people for this draft to actually talk to them about their teams. That's what we're, what I'm gonna do. Andrew is gonna be on, um, what are the on, what's that say on mission? What 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 are the on mission? Yeah, he'll be on a mission. I don't know. <laughs> 
he'll be out there doing yeah. other things. So I'm going to get some other people on. I I've talked to a couple people. We're going to just try to do it. It probably won't be too long of a podcast, but just, I want to talk to those guys about their teams and yeah, that's what we got. And then after that, we'll be getting into in like the new year, which is when we start talking about draft rankings, Andrew, we're going to be doing the positions. Yep. We're going to yeah. get started with catcher. No, we're not. <laughs> that's something I we made the decision after the first year. No more starting with. Catcher. I think I don't know. I think we could do it this year. It's it seems like it's getting better. Yeah, but I don't it, mind talking about. Yeah, catchers. but just draft two from ten through twelve, and you're, that's all you need to say, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. The problem is everybody starts with catcher, and that's why we're not. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll fair. we'll we'll figure out a position. So it's coming. We're getting into the new year, and that's whenever. You know, fantasy football seasons are winding down. Actually, that that's how I'll finish this. Fantasy football, we're nearing the very end. I think the playoffs are going on this weekend. How was your guys' football seasons? Uh, Andrew. Go ahead. Go. Uh, I was in three leagues. I'm out of two of them. I didn't make it. And my third one is actually the one that Chris runs. And... I pretty much need to – Our the playoffs start next week. I pretty much need to win this week. I, not 100%, but pretty much. I, if I lost, I'd need like three other teams to lose. So pretty much win and I'm in. And um, I like my team, but it's one week, so they'll probably let me down. It's fantasy football, so they'll yep. probably let me down. <laughs> usually does. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I, I'm starting to. I'm starting not to like fantasy football very much. Um, it's just it. Like I always loved it, and that's why I started like fantasy. And it just the head-to-head component is just a killer. Um, the best teams don't win, and yep. it's just it's just frustrating. It's not the injuries. Like everyone said, oh, fantasy football stinks because the injuries, blah blah. It's like no, I don't. It, that's not the problem for me. Is the head-to-head component for sure? Um, so I was in nine leagues. I made the playoffs in five of them. Um, one of them is an FFPC league. That's a pretty nice buy-in, and I lost. They do an interesting format, and I lost because Brandon Arbery kicks a sixty-yarder, fifty-nine-yarder, and like three other two other field goals. So I got knocked out because of that. A pretty big chunk of difference. Then my home league keeper league, um, I was playing against the guy in this in the quarterfinals, and he just randomly picks up the bit the Raiders. Um, there's a nice defense, and so now I'm in a hole by 25 points. Oh. Well, my team is just on the paper a lot better than his, but oh. now it's going to be a narrow nail biter. And I, yeah, it's just things like that. It's just kickers and defenses. If you get rid of them, like I, my in my ideal fantasy football league, no kickers, no defenses, and just give me as many flex positions as I can have. So yeah. I don't we'll see how the other only, ones. I'm only in yeah, two leagues. Neither one have a k- kicker or defense anymore, and it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in the playoffs in both of mine. That's but um I also see myself get like this first round I have Eckler who did nothing in the first like oh last night. And I don't know, I have a feeling I might be one and done in both leagues, so it might be a a very short playoff run. We'll see. So yeah, fan, fantasy football, the randomness of it. I, I, I'm with you, Chris, on what you said there. I think you said it real well. It's not the injuries. It's just the randomness of the games. It's, I don't know, but that's what makes baseball yeah. better. Chris, Chris will be in a better mood when his Niners win the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's, you know, you want Niners and Bills, I know that. Yeah, I just, like, yeah, fantasy football, I can go on a tangent all night long, but I just think, it, like, playoffs should be, like, multiple weeks. 
of yep. like the top four teams, and it should be like a four, a two week or three week playoff. That's going to decide. You can do head to head during the regular season, but the the playoffs need to be overall points for the final three weeks or whatever you want to do. That's my that's my taking. But yeah, Niners looking good. Um, they're the team to beat in the end. They're the team to beat, I think, in, in football right now. But you never know. Any given Sunday. Agreed. Yeah. Yep. Crazy okay. Season. Well. I hope you guys, I won't talk to either of you or Andrew. I won't talk to you. Uh, well, Chris, I won't probably talk to you for a year. But Andrew, <laughs> Andrew, um, enjoy your time away. I hope you both have a Merry Christmas. And um, I, I guess we'll be back next week. And until then, take care, everybody. Yep, take care, guys. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. And once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year. 